Hello and welcome to the Miko Bits show. And I am your host, Miko Bits, and here we cover all topics related to Bitcoin, blockchain, and DeFi. So if you're struggling to keep up with all of this big rush of new information, this is your channel. Uh, we uh, almost on a bi-weekly basis now, we host uh, leading minds from the Ethereum, DeFi, and blockchain community. And uh, this week we have an exciting guest for you, uh, Dimitri Buterin, who is the founder of Block Geeks. And so we're going to learn a bit more about this organization and we're going to learn a little bit more about uh, what he's working on. So just as a quick disclaimer, this video is entertainment only. It's not investment advice. So anything we mention on the show is shouldn't be taken as investment advice. So, uh, you know, without further ado, uh, you know, here, here, here's Dimitri. So uh, ni nice to have you on the show. Hey, Mika, good to be here. Yeah, excellent. So, um, you know, uh, I would love to get a, you know, bit of an introduction for Block Geeks and a little bit about yourself and, you know, how you came to be doing this. Sure. Um, grew up in the Soviet Union, always was uh, interested in technologies and, you know, uh, computers and stuff like that and hacking and whatnot. And uh, studied as a studied computer science back in Moscow, then started my first business still back in Moscow and uh, moved to Canada just uh, end of 99 when Putin came in, to power in Russia. And uh, wow. lucky I was, you know, that was a good call to be here not in Russia. Uh, so I've been, been in Canada ever since. That's about 21 years. And uh, uh, I built a number of uh, businesses in technology. And uh, mostly I've been just a good old tech, you know, financial systems and custom web stuff and whatnot. Uh, and Blog Geeks is their latest uh, business I'm involved in. Um, we started about four years ago. It was really their uh, idea that came from a friend of mine, Amir Rosik, and you know, then yeah. I got involved and got my uh, other friend, Vladislav, uh, my longtime friend and business partner involved. So we started that, and uh, I've been uh, mostly just uh, hands-off kind of investor and uh, mentor sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but lately, as we are going through a restart of Blog Geeks, and we have some uh, new people uh, involved, and I'm also getting a bit more hands-on with the business. But for me, it's still more of a hobby. And uh, but it's a like hobby for me it doesn't mean something you know, less than uh, anything else. Uh, really, like, I I hope that everyone who is doing what they do, and they're doing this because they love it, not just because, like, oh, you know, this will bring me to so much success and achievement and whatnot. Like, I, I do stuff for fun, or at least this this is kind of where I am. Yeah. So, yeah so tell me tell me a bit about kind of uh you know who should be attracted to block geeks i know it's a pretty large yeah, community the so. original the original concept was really uh it was obvious again like four years ago already that uh, the blockchain space is going to be huge and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of development is going to happen uh, so we wanted to be the number one resource for educated developers wow. blockchain developers um 
that vision has evolved and obviously as their blockchain is getting finally finally getting some adoption and recognition it deserves um we uh, the blog gigs uh, is now looking much broader we're looking to educate uh, investors and traders and uh, professionals uh, basically anyone who is interested in blockchain for whatever purpose right it's kind of like uh, if you will, early days of the web. Web is just a tool, and then you can use it for all kinds of things, for fundraising, for a nonprofit, for running a business, for education, and so on, right? So, so yeah, that's uh, Blog Geeks, and uh, especially this year, I think that uh, as we see in another uh, ramp up of interest uh, towards uh, crypto and blockchain, and now DeFi specifically as a subset of this, and um, yeah, that's kind of our focus is uh, shifting from um, towards especially like uh, blockchain and uh, stuff like DeFi and uh, investment uh, related topics and so on. Yeah, and just for the audience, uh, you know, just for disclosure sake too, you know, I've joined uh, the uh, as a teacher in the in the Block uh, Geeks investor curriculum. So I uh, just want to let people know and, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about the uh, upcoming investor curriculum. Yeah, it's obvious that uh, whenever prices go higher, right, uh, money is a very, is a topic that is uh, very sensitive for many humans, because it's so closely correlated to or closely connected to our desire to survive yes to you know and thrive and and whatnot right so when uh, uh cryptocurrency prices are going up and lots more people are getting interested right yeah and uh obviously blockchain and crypto it's a very complex topic and it takes time to understand and for quote-unquote normal person it's really hard to impossible right and then you see tweets like we saw yesterday from uh uh uh, what's her name? Lindsay Lohan, this famous star. Yeah. Right? And she's doing, oh, I'm into DeFi and I'm looking at uh, Tron. This, uh, Tron stuff and Justin <laughs> and whatnot. And I'm like, oh my God, right? <laughs> because if this is kind of what people end up looking at, they in for quite a bit of pain, right? So how can we help people understand the landscape better? Because uh, uh, crypto is such a rich uh concept if you will or whatever you call that but uh, it's technology it's community it's uh, marketing it's uh, means it's uh, money it's everything right so understanding all of those things so for us like uh, their crypto investment uh, school that we uh, are running for the first time um, uh, this year is uh, we want to give people broad understanding of different aspects of this so for me I think that before you go to micro, it's important to understand the big picture. So, and even in our dialogue, I think you will end up, you will see that when you ask me a question, I always kind of want to start with a context because quite often if, if you just try to answer this particular question, but we might not have the same context, right? So, uh, and again, so the idea of the course is really give people much broader context how do they think about crypto and DeFi and investment and so on? And well, so I, hopefully I, they can make better decisions. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I love that because, uh, you know, I do think that, <laughs> you know, people do need an incredible amount of more richness of context. You know, I know that one of the things I see increasingly in, uh, you know, my DeFi groups and, you know, other places, uh, you know, is that people post questions like, uh, what should I buy, you know, and right. a, those are very funny questions. And I'm, I'm oftentimes saying what you said about Lindsay Lohan, you know, I mean, obviously, she's a, you know, wonderful actress, and, you know, has has a, a great career and whatnot. Yeah. But, you know, I think the thing that is true about her is true about just about anyone, which is, you know, uh, I always tell people when they ask, I always tell people, uh, whatever random people on the internet tell you to buy right and obviously just <laughs> very very joking right very joking but like yes. you know yeah. it's 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 uh it's uh, funny right and i think one of the big concerns about random people on the internet is that it's a little unclear what their motivations are like you know it's very possible that you know the tron marketing team has been you know uh sort of Yep. Uh, getting social media people, you know, uh, to, to, you know, to, to, it could be paid advertisement, you know, so that would not be first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. So like, you know, and obviously, you know, it's a it, Tron is, has a funny reputation for that type of behavior. So, you know, I, I yep. think that, um, it's uh yeah i agree and i think people need to be careful and not you know that that's a slightly kind of predatory thing right which is you know somebody's telling you to buy for their you know and adam that's the reason why i begin my video with disclosure and you know and whenever i talk about like oh i'm involved in this project in such and such a way i just want the, everyone to know right i just want everyone to understand yes. the ethics no, and... absolutely right it's it's really important for the people to reflect on biases right yes. because we all have them you know people have biases and we think that we're rational beings you know thinking about stuff i don't buy that <laughs> i think that we are really uh beings driven by a very complex, you know, mind body system and emotions are a huge driver of that. So, you know, much more uh, than the, what we think uh, our rational thinking system, right? And we have biases and biases, like my bias, I have a bias, right? Because there is Ethereum and Ethereum was created by my son. So obviously yes. I'm way more you like Ethereum. Ethereum. And then, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Like, is that a surprise? <laughs> like, uh, uh, but, uh, and I can say it's a bias, but also I can say that, oh, you know what? Like, I've known this guy for 27 years. So when people talk about, you know, him being a scammer and whatnot, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay, you know, you... I haven't seen that, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, yeah. let's say this whole concept of uh, Bitcoin maximalism, right? Yes. It's like once we make a decision, it's really important for us to feel right about that decision. Oh, yes. Then our biases can kick in and like, and they really want to protect that decision, right? It's like, and this applies to anything and everything that we do. Like, for example, when I moved to Canada from Russia, yeah. uh, I could see that, that I, I had a bias. I had to convince people that I made the right decision, right? That it was a good thing to <laughs> move, right? Yeah. And so on, right? And uh, again, Bitcoin, awesome, wonderful technology, and I love it, of right? Course. And then people who got involved with that early on, and, and if they end up not being mindful if you will of their bias and then they see anything else outside of bitcoin as a threat to bitcoin yes. i can totally understand that perspective yes. right but you know once our emotional bias is in play then you know like i look at some of the 
some of the guys in that space, like really smart guys, yes. like Adam Beck and you know oh, whatnot, yeah. and they constantly bash on Ethereum. I'm like, yes. oh my god, like guys, you know, <laughs> you're so smart, and then you cannot see your own biases. But I've been there, right? We all have those biases, and this is kind of what we have to keep in keep in mind. And I think that, like, for investing, this is the number one thing before technology, before anything, like thinking and understanding your own bias about you know understanding your own biases is uh, way more important than anything you can learn about technology and whatnot because you actually there is very little chance that you will be able to grasp most of their technological stuff right so you still have to you will have to rely on experts on the field like i barely you know understand let's say maybe 10 percent huh. of this whole space if that right but over time I have developed a number of people kind of that I trust and follow, kind of rely on their judgments and, and so on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, there's a lot to unpack, uh, you know, and I think for me, when I when I see uh, Bitcoin maxis, the thing that I think is very interesting is that that there's a very much a focus on the uh, scarce, the scarcity, right, of the supply, right? right? And I think yes. what 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 that generates is it tends to generate more like a zero sum uh process right so the mental process or framework around it is kind of zero sum and one of the things i've noticed around the ethereum community is that there's kind of a culture and an ethos of sort of positive sum right and the the reason why uh there's a positive sum thesis is really related to kind of programmability right so when you think about yes. kind of developer ecosystems and you think about the creation of potentially net new value right so i mean you're talking about software right so when people build software software they're actually building net new value because you're like well okay what does this software do is it a is it a game or is it a collectible or is it you know what is it is it a financial service is it a defi is it lending like what is it right and so i think that there's a positive sum element and a zero-sum element and the thing is is that like in in life and in economics there are definitely zero-sum elements and there are positive sum elements so you know i don't think i'm a i'm what i call an open source uh, money maximalist, right? So, so in in my perspective, like you know, it, it isn't, uh, it it can't be. You can't really be stuck in either of these camps, right? But at the same time, you have to honor these camps and be like really, uh, yeah. you know, excited by them and excited for them, you know, because I, you know, obviously, <laughs> you know, it it does seem like they're both both mindsets are are very fruitful so far. Hmm. Yeah. No. Totally. And. Uh... I think that I'm an even more extreme maximalist than you are. Like I'm, uh, <laughs> I believe in the unlimited power of silliness, of happiness, of love. And wow! And those kind of wow! Things. So, like that's my foundation for anything and everything. Oh, right? and wow. uh, that's also one of the reasons why Ethereum community resonates with me so much because all of that, you know, all of those logos and memes and all the fun and rainbow crazy unicorns. Stuff, I just love it, you know. And I think this is. Uh, this is probably, uh, you can see that uh, in Vitalik as well, you know, his uh, his t-shirts, his oh, bags and whatnot, you know, like, so I totally resonate with a very similar vibe. Yeah, uh, I was on a, uh, a, 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 I, I met him br briefly uh, on a boat uh, outside of the consensus 
conference coin desk consensus i know he he didn't really enjoy the conference so much but he uh was was in town you know and uh yeah and yeah. one of the things that struck me was was he was talking about uh kind of uh gaming video gaming and uh you know mm. he mentioned like world of warcraft and uh you know he i guess i guess he was like a gnome warlock and he was talking about how uh how his first exposure to practical economics and he said in the form of uh pump and dump was was buying uh nether weave cloth on the on the game auction house you know and uh <laughs> it, it was it struck me as being a particularly uh cool uh perspective right and uh so I, uh, to me i what i'd love for you to you to kind of expand on is sort of this culture i think the shirts the unicorns the rainbows the the logo the name like i i'd love to kind of have you uh, unpack a little bit of that for us because I, I think you're talking about the maximalism of like joy and uh, you know uh, silliness and this stuff yeah it's uh, when I look back at the origins of Ethereum and I look at the uh, number of people who were involved early on yeah. right I, I do know that uh, they explicitly discussed that one of the things that uh, uh they were not too happy about uh, uh they were all involved in bitcoin community right that yes. was the original crypto community and um and already then bitcoin community sometimes uh could be uh abrasive you know there was a, a lot of this kind of like uh biting if you will uh, quality to conversations right yes and uh, and for many uh especially again i'm generalizing right but what can i do like a lot of the people involved in the space, they're very smart, software engineers and such. Kind of, you have to be smart. It's hard to develop to code if you're not. Yes. Um, and uh, many of those people, uh, they are introverts, right? So, so they're not really people who want this, yeah, conflict and you know, fighting, right? So, uh, in some ways, many of them they felt uncomfortable with their Bitcoin community community because there was so much competitiveness and divisiveness, uh, if you will. So specifically, when they started Ethereum, they said, hey, guys, let's uh, this thing that we're trying to build and which was at that time, you know, just like a pipe dream, right? Oh, let's build this thing. Uh, but they tried to they said, OK, let's create a community which is based on uh, openness and inclusivity. Right. And uh, and I think this is really this really became some of you know, those things become uh, uh, crucial aspects of uh, the foundation of the Ethereum community, right? And I have seen I have seen this many times actually in my life because after you know building businesses over many years and looking at companies and looking at my friends entrepreneurs, whatever you build, project, initiative, business, whatever, it will always be a reflection of of you as a human being, right? That always happens, right? And uh, Bitcoin uh, was created by this anonymous person and. Uh, so it's really kind of hard to uh, kind of that person, if you will, the energy that he put into this project, you know, there, there was a lot of this stuff that people tried to carry on. But in the Ethereum community, specifically Vitalik and some other early people, yeah. they had this, they have this energy of uh, openness and inclusivity, right? And uh, this eventually propagated throughout the community. And, you know, community is never uh homogeneous right you will always find all kinds of people and even if you take one particular person like the person is not a static thing it's a infinitely complex dynamic system which will you know react in different ways depending on the circumstances but in general that's kind of what i have seen and i have to say that uh, 
um, my the shift in kind of what uh, I've been more interested in in the second, if you will, half of my life or however much I have left. I'm much less inclined to go deep and look at technologies and analyze, you know, whether this technology is better or whatnot. But I think that I have much better intuition about people. And uh, that's kind of like how I look at this. I look at the project, like, does it feel good to me? You know, does it vibe the right way? And uh, I see a lot of really amazing projects, a lot of awesome people in uh, Ethereum space building cool stuff and, you know, having those cool t-shirts. Uh, and I've been speaking for a long time, but it's uh, I'm passionate about this. No, like, no. One of the best events yeah. in Ethereum community is ETH Denver yes. annual hackathon, which is actually going on right yes. now. And the people behind it, uh, you know, John Fowler, Justin Moskowitz, and a whole bunch of amazing people, they always do such a great job of having this event, making this event fun. It's total fun, you know, like they had, like even this year when they have to do it online, it's amazingly, it's a, it's a lot of uh, fun. And, you know, the way they organize stuff, the way they're, the kind of merchandise, you know, the swag and whatnot, like half of my t-shirts are from East Denver or from the last few years, just because I love it so much, you know, those uh, Pega buffer corns and whatnot. So yeah, I kind of, <laughs> I think that silliness and having fun and uh, the power of joy is so much stronger than any kind of, uh, if you will, achievement and success power on even just knowledge let's be serious and let's kind of know stuff uh you know i i think this is a tremendous perspective i really appreciate it uh you know here on the nico bits show one of the things that we do is it is a long form program and and like uh you know i spend time just like you and i are spending time you know with uh, mostly kind of DeFi pioneers and founders, you know, and, and in a sense, one of my major goals is to kind of enable everyone to kind of get a feeling. So to really yeah. kind of listen and, and yeah. observe and kind of what does this person care about? Like, what do they talk about? Yeah. What do they focus on? Like, you know, just really kind of like vibing with the person, right? Because a lot of my mindset in this kind of like the investment part of it is you know obviously um it's related to uh a sort of earlier stage investing you know and the, the the mindset of kind of venture which is the mindset that's so about founders it's so about humans and it's so about kind of where are they coming from and who are they you know and i think that beyond that uh, obviously there's something much even bigger than that, right? Which is, you know, when I, when I talk about kind of like the investment paradigm, you know, like for me, you know, if you go uh, to, to my website, one of the things that is, you know, part of my ethos is, is I talk about, um, you know, basically I say that open source financial infrastructure will make the world more consensual, fair, just inclusive transparent and innovative right so so you know yes. uh, so, so that's where i'm coming from right so yes and you know that's kind of totally what why i'm involved in this space because again we are all creatures which were formed by our foundations you know like our genetics and our environment yes. and uh, i grew up in the soviet union <laughs> and i wow. grew up with a lot of like propaganda brainwashing uh you know like communism and lenin and blah 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 and i saw firsthand the failures of the centralized system you know trying really hard 
and really messing up, you know, everything, everything you could think of from, you know, the way they were running education and army and just basic yeah. uh, manufacturing, like, you know, sh shortage of basic goods and whatnot. So that really got me interested in uh, understanding how the world works and, uh, and learning about the ways to uh, develop better, more robust systems. And the way I think about this, like think about the human being, right? If you mind, if you had to think about all of the stuff you do, oh, let me beat my heart, let me breathe, let me, <laughs> you know, perspire. Like, you know, it's impossible, right? Like, so no, this is not how it works. You have a very resilient distributed systems system and, you know, you have your heart, you have your nervous system, you have like, you know, hundreds, millions of systems and trillions of cells. They are all just kind of... Uh, working together. And this is what I'm seeing in this space and decentralized space uh, is this is uh, uh, and it's really fascinating to watch how DeFi has been emerging over the last few years, right? Because yeah. like, okay, so Ethereum and slowly it's been built and then, you know, there was this MakerDAO and some other stuff and then Aave and Uniswap and, and slowly and then very quickly. And now we've seen this Cambrian explosion of things. And they crossbreed and interact and, you know, SushiSwap does this and, you know, like it's, it's so much fun to watch that. And in a way, it looks like a crazy game, yes. right? But also, you know, there's this uh, concept of uh, uh, genetic uh, uh, evolutionary algorithms. Uh, and I think this is pretty much what we see in, uh, happening here, right? And I also wanted to draw another parallel uh, in my... Uh, experience in my career as an entrepreneur building businesses. Yeah. I also spent quite a lot of time thinking about uh, hierarchies and uh, organizational structures and whatnot. Yeah. And maybe about five years ago, uh, one book really uh, got me to start thinking about it in a very different way. And the book was uh, Reinventing Organizations by Frederick Laloux. And uh, the book was about uh, like I've heard before that I've heard about holacracy and some other yep. concept, but the book was, if you will, a meta framework about uh, how can you build a non-hierarchical organization. And I read the book and I loved it and it made total sense to me again, because I've been building tech companies and I have seen that, that hierarchies, they don't really work well for smart people because when you're smart, the hierarchy is really about the concept, about this idea. Oh, the guy at the top, he really knows what to do. And then he kind of tells everybody else what to do. And it's propagated down, you know, towards all, you know, the workhorses, you know, the little guys. And this makes no fucking sense because if you're a software engineer, you know way more than the CEO about so many things about this, right? If you're in customer support, you know way more about your customers. So how do you build an organization that is actually, uh, instead of like being top down, it, it works in a similar way to human body or any kind of living organism, right? So for me, uh, the allure of decentralized tech is really how can we build better, more resilient, more fair systems? And uh, one of the writers that I love, Nassim Taleb, right? Yes. And one of his books, uh, he's got many awesome books. One of them that I love is uh, Skin and the Game. And the book talks about how so many problems that we have in our society, they stem from the fact that our decision-making is far removed from the consequence of our actions, right? And you're very nice, President Obama, making very nice speeches and doing whatnot. And you press this nice button and then the drones, you know, do this stuff in Afghanistan and then kids die. Yeah. Like, you know, fuck this system. 
Yeah. So let's build a system. If you make a decision which endangers lives of other human beings, you have to be connected to that. You have to be embedded. You have to be involved. And you know that's for me either uh, decentralized system is really oh you know decentralized tech is like hey guys let's build banks which are not run some assholes and suits but let's build systems which are open inclusive and you know resilient and uh, open to everybody people can interact with them so yeah. Ah, it's so interesting. There's so much to unpack. Like, uh, I actually read about uh, actually one of the ideas that came up in the context of uh, sort of thermonuclear war, which uh, obviously kind of loomed over the United States and the Soviet Union back in the 1980s, right? And I think that the thing that was fascinating about this was one of the proposed ideas, I forgot where I read about this, but the proposed idea was, was that in order for the president to launch nuclear missiles, they actually would have a volunteer and the volunteer would volunteer to be murdered. And the approach would be that the president would have to murder this person in order to launch the missiles, right? And and mm-hmm. and the the theory obviously this was not an implemented government program like this. Yeah. You know, this is a yeah. thought exercise. But the idea of the thought exercise, of course, is that like if you're going to launch nuclear weapons, like you should probably be comfortable that you're killing people and you know yes. and if you're going you know and so so here's a volunteer like kill this guy first like kill, kill the person's yeah. like i'm ready to be killed by you go ahead right like stab me with this yeah. knife kill me and then you can launch your missile you know and uh, mm-hmm. uh you know obviously nobody implemented this program but like it, it's it's shocking and <laughs> it's disturbing and it's uh you know but i think as a you know but but i think the idea of what you're describing is kind of like depersonalizing it, you know, and clicking buttons and, you know, that, that, that the implications of it are, are concerning, obviously. Yeah. It's crazy, crazy stuff. So, uh, yeah. So tell me about, uh, sort of, um, you know, I guess, uh, this, this block geeks program, like, you know, how, how do you see, uh, you know, when, when is it happening and, you know, the investor program and, um, we hope to launch it, uh, probably in early March. And uh, we actually uh, uh, have been assembling a really uh, awesome collection of uh, speakers. And thank you, Miko, for agreeing to participate so that people who can talk to particular topics, you know, some aspects of DeFi and tokenization of this and, you know, the basics of blockchain. And uh, I'm going to be one of the speakers. And that's uh, that scares me a bit because I really have no clue what I'm going to talk about. But you know what? I'll talk about human. I'll talk uh, humans. I'll talk about uh, my own uh, failures to be an investor and trader. Like I tried that for many years with regular stocks and whatnot, and I realized I realized I suck. You know, so ah, I love it. Like understanding yourself, yes, is really kind of where you want to start with whatever you're doing, whether that be an investment, and especially if that's been investment, right? Uh, so, and I think that for every human being, the number one thing. The most important thing is to understand themselves. What am I? Who am I? And stuff like that. <laughs> and that applies to crypto, to investing, to relationship, to business, anything. Well, and I think to me, one of the things that I really have enjoyed in this conversation, and you know, and a little bit of the chat before the show is that you know you are also embodying kind of a a, a way of of being, you know, and it's a way of being that that 
kind of, uh, you know, is an aspirational way, right? Which is, you know, in a sense, there's a transcendental way or there's an aspirational way, you know, in the sense that like, yes, there is an investing thing and people in different circumstances are going to need that and the tech, the techniques and they're going to need these abilities, right? But I think at the same time, you know, um, it, when they do kind of satisfy those kind of worldly functions, you know, that then there's a way of being where, you know, you can you can kind of move towards being satisfied and move towards being, you know, uh, more joyful and more, uh, you know, and, and kind of having some fun too. So, you know, I, I think... Uh, sure, yeah. It's like, I have seen that. Like, I've seen, like, even looking back at myself, I had my first significant exit, like maybe 15, 18 years ago. And you know what? I made a bunch of money and I haven't stopped for a single second. Like I haven't taken more vacation. I just took the money, put it into a new business and, you know, kept doing the same thing because like this was my pattern, right? Yes. And, uh, and when I sold my business, uh, most recent business where I was uh, hands-on operational before blog gigs, which was uh, three years ago, almost exactly. And, and then I was there for three months and then I just stopped. I stopped doing anything, anything businessy. Yeah. I actually went for my Vipassana in Malaysia and, uh, yeah, meditation. I, uh, and I, and blog gigs existed already, but I tried to, you know, um, not be involved as much as I can, like, you know, left it in the hands of my friend was uh, Amir who was running the business. Yep. Um, and, uh, kind of went on a very deep internal journey and, uh, and also back to the money, right? I've seen people when they make lots of money, right? And they have this story, when I make this money, then I will do this. But your mind will always, always fuck you up, right? Because you <laughs> get to this point, it's like, oh, I have this money. And your mind like, oh, but inflation, kids and blah, 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 and Donald Trump. So you know what? You need actually twice as much money. Then you will be happy. Then you will do it, right? And we keep spinning in that, right? And yeah. people have different types of this spin. Like, you know, within the concept of investment, it's really we're spinning in the story that when we get this much money, then, you know, oh, man, I will do so much charitable stuff and whatnot. I will enjoy myself, right? Now it happens, right? <laughs> and some people spin in terms of like, oh, when I have this perfect person or when I have kids or when I live in a warm climate, like, Toronto is bloody cold and snow and I love it because you know I found you know my own joint happiness it's here it's never defined by anything and when we find that then we're free to do anything that we want to do and for fun and actually people people are very much attracted to that energy because they can sense that and I think my theory is that community the Ethereum community, which kind of started to originally around Vitalik, you can see that inner freedom in Vitalik because he's the guy who cares about building this. He cares about the world. He doesn't care about money. Like, you know, for a long time, he really owned like, you know, one pair of pants, one pair of boots. He didn't care. And he was constantly traveling and building stuff. Like, and people joke about Lambas and whatnot. And when you see a person who is truly free, you, your system can feel that. Then you're like, I want what this guy have, right? Because you realize like, oh yeah, like my mind is kind of pushing me in this direction. This guy doesn't seem to care. Like what the hell? He should care about money and this and that. And he's not, right? That really kind of messes up with your system. And uh, then 
makes you think. And those kind of people, when they find their internal power, their freedom, they are so attractive because we all want that. That's really what we want. We want that freedom. We want that joy. That's like, we don't want, you know, we think that we want money, whatever, but they are all tools that our minds explain to us that, oh, when we have this, then we will feel this way. No, like uh, there's this guy in Russia, Navalny, he's the oppositioner and he's been yes. for, for many years working on exposing the corruption and uh, the criminal actions of the Russian government. And he, they tried to kill him last summer and he was in a coma. And yeah. after that, he went back to Russia and they jailed him. And now they yeah. doing all this stupid, you know, things with him. And you can look, you can listen to him speak. You can, he's free, right? So all of those judges and whatnot, and he might get killed, but he's free. And people are attracted to that sense of freedom, sense of joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fascinating, you know, the case of Navalny, you know, and you talk about kind of like freedom and joy, but like in the case of someone like Vitalik, like you're saying, oh, he doesn't care about money. But like at the same time, if you look at the extent to which he has carefully built this around cybersecurity and how carefully he's built it to protect people's financial assets when they engage in Ethereum, right? right? That, so it's very what I meant nice. is so it's very money secure. Is not a- is not a personal motivation for him. Right. right? He understands right. that for human society, it's a very yes. important motivation, right? Yes. And I still recall when, let's say, four years ago, he was doing this uh, lecture here in Toronto. Yeah. And uh, he was talking about blockchain, but he was not talking like people, when they talk about blockchain, they start talking about all this technology and hashes and blah, blah, blah. He was talking about trust. Like, hey, yep. do you trust that yes. people want to make money? Do yes. you want, like, let's start with that. And that's really the foundation of everything. Trust and our motivations, our desires, whatever they are. And Vitalik actually has a quite a, a lot of, he's done a lot of thinking about that, right? So uh, I think that he's well versed in human motivations and fears. And I always enjoy really his uh, blog posts and uh, stuff full of deep insights. Yeah, yeah. I very enjoyed the kind of end of the year blog post that he uh yeah. of 2020 you know and so it's very it's a very uh but it's been a incredibly good conversation uh obviously the, we're connecting these two very disparate themes you know obviously there's kind of liberation and kind of joy and being and meditation and relaxation and then there's also kind of like the seriousness right like obviously <laughs> we've talked about very serious topics as well and in yeah. a way like you know when you describe this kind of ideas of like cybersecurity and infrastructure and financial service and DeFi and Ethereum, you know, again, like, you know, these worlds do have to kind of like connect in order for there to be sufficiency, to be responsibility, to be trustworthiness, right? So like this is, you know, it's not about like being careless and being like, you know, and and causing, you know, chaos, right? So I think it's it's a beautiful uh, combination. Yeah, that's really important because people think that if inside of their head they have this story, oh, I have to be serious, I have to be careful, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, They have all this anxiety. Yes. The story tells them, if you're being anxious, this is awesome, and this is how you achieve the best result. And this is bullshit, you know? When you actually (laughs) don't have that, when when you have this internal peace, then you can be so much better, so much more careful, you know, at doing whatever you do and achieving the result, right? So I'm not saying, you know, oh, let's not care. Let's not at all. Let's care deeply. Let's care with all of our passion, you know? Yeah. And I think that if your mind isn't clouded 
then you can very much stay very still and you can very much kind of watch from a very quiet and still place and see how things are you know and if you can really see how things are then like you're you're in a neat spot you're in a neat spot so yeah really appreciate uh, what i'm hearing well this has been a wonderful conversation and you know i hope that uh you know if you're listening and you're curious about any of these things you know you should come to check us out come join uh you know check out block geeks i think it'll be really fun and uh really interesting and uh hopefully very uh you know helpful because uh, i think yeah you know both that's the idea we're absolutely kind of committed to being helpful i think i was attracted to this uh program i think because of uh you know your personality online and you know just just the ideas <laughs> and you know so i think that this is uh you know i think it'll be really uh a fruitful uh, conversation so really appreciate being yeah thank you Mika. Invited. that was a lot of fun to chat with you um, yeah. i enjoyed learning a bit more about Fantastic. you as well so yeah looking forward to doing more stuff together that sounds great okay terrific well thanks so much and uh you know th that's it for our show <laughs>